Welcome to Politics and Conscience, an ICLN Academy series on how to navigate the modern challenges of public office. This is Christian Alting von Kreuzer, and today in episode 3 we will discuss Unity of Life, Private versus Public. Please make sure you have listened to episodes 1 and 2 first before you continue listening to this episode number three. For the Christian, and even more so the Christian in public office, the unity of life is essential to be able to stay standing in a political environment that more often than not rejects the private conscience in favor of political expediency or the latest ideological orthodoxy. What does it mean, unity of life? It means, in simple terms, that as a Christian, as a human being in general, I am the same person and act the same, whether at home with my friends and my family, or on the floor of parliament and in front of Roman cameras. Otherwise, as we see so often in politics today, as well as in the church and other public functions, we become a caricature of our words and cause deep and lasting distrust from the general public. We almost daily see the scandals that are made public when this discrepancy of word and deed becomes visible. This discrepancy has a deeper source, a source we need to look at closer. And that is when a cultivated inner life is absent, that is able to regulate our outer life. If this regulating force is not there in the inner life, then a double life is lived. This in turn leads to increasing disillusionment, both of the person him or herself, but in relation to politics or other leadership positions towards the government, uh, sorry, towards the government, it leads to disillusionment. I would like to give two examples to illustrate this point. Throughout the past two decades, around the world, we have been constantly reminded of the church sexual abuse scandals. And rightly so, people both within and outside of the church have been absolutely furious. Why? Because from those preaching what the gospel pre preaches through the church, nothing less should be expected than that they live accordingly. And that if they don't, and go so far in misdeeds as those abuse scandals have shown, then that also, apart from the great injustice of those great scandals themselves, it also leads to deep disillusionment of the faithful and also those outside of the church. But another example we see equally in secular 
leadership circles. For example, when the whole discussion happens around climate change and we see ministers of state jet-setting around the world in private jets, that also leads to disillusionment of the government. And of course we know many examples. The Canadian author Michael T. O'Brien, one of my favorite writers, puts it so well when it's required from us. And it is a motto that I also try to use for my life. He says, a messenger is in his words, if the messenger is truly himself. His life is his primary word, and his spoken words bear his life. He learns to be this when he has discovered that a man can give to others only what he truly is. Let me repeat that. A messenger is in his words. If the messenger is truly himself, his life is his primary word, and his spoken words bear his life. He learns to be this when he has discovered that a man can give to others only what he truly is. Notice the powerful words, his life is his primary word, and a man can give to others only what he truly is. This is what is meant by the unity of life. The Italian founder of the Catholic movement Comunio and Liberation, Luigi Gensani, says it as follows. We can only communicate the truth that has changed us. We can only communicate a truth that has changed us. Indeed, as Christians, how can we expect people to believe us if it is not abundantly clear that what we believe in, Christ, the fight for justice and peace, and other causes, is something that has changed us and impacted our own lives completely. How would anybody trust a doctor if this doctor lives, looks, and acts unhealthy, is always sick, and forgets patient appointments? It is the same with the political leader, the government representatives, or church leaders. Due to their elevated position, and even more so when they profess to be a Christian, more is expected of us than of others. Which is why this unity of life, private and public, is so important. Now, that this is difficult, we know obviously all too well. Hence, for the Christian leader in politics, the support earlier mentioned in episode 2 of their faith is so important, especially that active and daily cultivation of an inner life. The Austrian saint, whose head was cut off by the Nazis, for his refusal to serve 
as a soldier under Hitler, remarked in one of his letters from prison the following. He says, When the religious inner life is absent, everything becomes mere outward activity and pretense. Let me repeat that. When the religious inner life is absent, everything becomes mere outward activity and pretense. This absence of an inner life, to be more concrete, leads to something we have not yet discussed when speaking about conscience. And that is that our conscience can also be erroneous due to it not being rooted in an inner life of consequence, an inner life that lacks formation. In his essay on conscience and truth, Pope Benedict XVI proposes two standards for ascertaining the presence of a real voice of conscience. First, conscience is not identical to personal wishes and taste. Very important that we understand that in the current cultural setting. Conscience is not identical to personal wishes and taste. And secondly, he says, conscience cannot be reduced to social advantage, to group consensus, or to the demands of political and social power. In other words, our feelings, preferences, the opinions of others, no matter how big the majority or sheer power, none of these are to inform my conscience. Instead, again in the words of Benedict, what characterizes man as man is not that he asks about the can, but about the should, and that he opens himself to the voice and demands of truth. What characterizes man as man is not that he asks about the can, but about the should, and that he opens himself to the voice and demands of truth. End of quote. In brief, the conscience is dependent on the carefully cultivated unity, the unity that enables our interior openness to the truth. Only this objective truth that is Christ and that is accessible through nature and reason can truly inform our conscience.